0: I'm Pastor Daniel Morris, and you're listening to Sharing the Bread of Life, a podcast by St. Timothy's Lutheran Church in Skokie, Illinois. Whether you're a first-time listener or a regular subscriber, I pray that Christ feeds you from the stories and testimony you'll hear today. We do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. May the Lord fill you with every good thing, and may you have enough left over to share. The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord. Now, about eight days after saying these things, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly, they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen, listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent, and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, o Christ. Mountaintop places, lofty places, places that we see the world from a distance. High places that are removed from the mundane, daily grind of the ordinary. Unstained, unspoiled by the messiness and the uncertainty of life. Things make sense in the high places of the world. Love, suffering, wrong and right, all viewed from a comfortable distance with mild curiosity at best. And passionless disinterest at worst. And God, who handed the law to Moses on the heights of Sinai, whose presence resided in the Holy of Holies on the Temple Mount, and who spoke from a cloud on the Mount of Transfiguration, seems to gaze down on a world full of sinners, calling us to put on our climbing gear and head back up the mountain from which we have fallen. With great ease, Jesus ascended the mountain to pray, while Peter, John, and James lagged behind. The grueling pace of his preaching tour must have finally caught up with them, because they were weighed down with sleep. As they watched through weary eyes, the appearance of Jesus' face suddenly changed on the mountaintop. His eyes, which beheld the depths of your soul, suddenly took on a different form. His nose, which smelled the sweet perfume that a sinful woman poured over his feet. The ears that heard the cries of sinners and demons. The mouth that proclaimed good news. Nothing looked the same. Even his clothes became such an intense white that they could only be compared with lightning. Yet somehow it was Jesus. Somehow, Peter and his companions recognized him, even though his face and his form were so completely different from the form that they were used to seeing every day. I believe that there's only one explanation for what Peter and his companions saw in the clear air of the mountaintop. They saw a vision of the resurrected Christ in all of his post-Easter glory. We can hardly blame Peter for wanting to make camp that day. He knew what lay ahead on the road to Jerusalem. Jesus himself had predicted his suffering, rejection, death, and resurrection only eight days earlier. If there was another road to glory that could avoid the cross, Peter wanted to find it. It's obvious that he had not yet awoken to Jesus' true nature and purpose. He wanted all of the comfort and the joy of the resurrection without any of the pain or humiliation of the cross. From the heights of this small mountaintop community, Peter could not understand why the cross was important. Perhaps we, too, are at risk of missing the cross's significance, Too often we want to pitch our tents and worship God in the glory of the mountain. We want a law and order Savior who gives us the rules that we need to obtain eternal life and congratulates us on a job well done. We want to look down on the world from the comfort and the security of holiness, untroubled by the messiness and the uncertainty of human relationships. We want an easy, predictable religion that rewards hard work and punishes laziness. We want a religion that gives us comfort and joy without any of the world's brokenness. In short, we want the post-Easter Christ without all of the messiness of Good Friday. Yet if this is what we want, we have failed to recognize that our very desire to escape the cross makes the cross necessary for our salvation. Holiness codes invite judgment and death for all who fall short. The sinful and the broken are forever cut off from that holy mountaintop community. The easy, predictable religion that we long for ask, never asks hard questions. And is satisfied with easy answers even as our neighbors and our children fall from the heights if the mountaintop community is all we long for we will soon discover that we are alone because jesus has gone back down the mountain without us a crucified savior has no place in mountaintop religion The holy community feels no sense of belonging with a Savior who died as a sinner, a blasphemer, and an enemy of the state. If we remain on the mountaintop, then God is not with us. The only path to eternal life runs down the mountain through the shadow of the cross. I would love to have eavesdropped on the conversation that Jesus was having with Moses and Elijah. Many commentators have interpreted this scene as the law and the prophets bearing witness to Christ. I wonder if it could mean even more. God gave the holiness code to Israel through Moses on another mountaintop many generations earlier. God called Israel back to holiness through countless prophets, including Elijah. Is it possible that Moses, Elijah, and Jesus are discussing the problems of mountaintop religion? Is it possible that they are discussing the salvation of all who have fallen from the mountain? The lack of information on their conversation makes room for that possibility. Such a possibility is as encouraging as it is frightening. Jesus' mission means nothing short of the complete remaking of the holy mountaintop community on the plains below. Holiness codes would no longer be the standard by which the community lives or dies. Instead, the community's life would flow from the cross, God would suffer the fate of those who fall from holy heights through the passion of the Messiah. In rising again, God would reincorporate all who were previously cut off from God and from life among God's people. Holy living would no longer be defined by the narrow mountain peaks of custom and law. Holy living would be defined by the broad road down the mountain, which passes through the shadow of the cross. Such a road can only be walked in mercy and love. Without mercy and love, the road is lonely and cruel. The people that you meet on this road are unlike the people that live on top of the mountain. They aren't the wealthy and the law-abiding, the certain and the self-assured. They are the poor and the wounded, those who have been injured by holiness, and those who would draw stairs on the mountaintop. They are the ones who occupy the lower stations in life, the ones that mountaintop people see and say, I am grateful for what I have because things could always be worse. Strangely, the mission of Christ is not to bring the fallen back up the mountain. The mission of Christ is to bring the community on the mountaintop down to the plains. On the road to the cross, we will confront some of the deepest and most complex issues of our times. If you followed the vote on issues of sexuality in the United Methodist Church last week, you know that stakes can be high, and the hurt can run deep. The road down the mountain is not a road for the faint-hearted, but it is the road blessed by the feet of our Lord and Savior. Holiness codes will not save us here. Only the reconciling love of Christ can accomplish our salvation. He will be wherever two or more gather in his name, and the holy community will be formed in that place. Christ was on a mission to accomplish what the mountaintop community could not. When we follow him down the mountain, we will see the holy, redeeming power of the cross at work. This week, We rally on Ash Wednesday to begin our journey down the mountain. We will join in confession, in prayer, and in humility as we prepare for the spiritual work of the next 40 days. We would do well not to enter this work lightly, for the work that we do deals with the deep struggles that lie at the heart of human life. Yet we can be sure that the road to the cross is a road of blessing. As long as we travel together, we travel in the company of Christ. Wherever Christ is, there the holy community is also. With God's grace accompanying us and God's love supporting us, we will pass through the shadow of the cross, assured of the resurrection to eternal life. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Sharing the Bread of Life. For more information on the mission and ministries of St. Timothy's Lutheran Church, please visit our website at www.sttimothyskokey.org or like us on Facebook. Check back next week for a new episode. The Blessing of Almighty God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and always.